What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Real Value Exchange. A lot has been going on since I posted the uh, part one of Nick's and Partha's um, episode, but you know what? I want to. I want to. I've been. I've been pushing it off because, man, I, I, we're about to talk about like the other aspects of business, which is it's all that soft stuff that's kind of that's kind of left in the back burner. Like a lot of the culture that that really goes into building a right company. Uh, just understanding your people who are working for you, what really motivates them. So this is the this is the this is the funner part for me, honestly. And especially we're gonna talk about hip hop too. And and we got a lot of things things that have happened in between. Like you have you've had Drake's album that just came out and you know, we we even talk about that a little bit. We talk about J. Cole and his whole impact around mental health. So guys, buckle up, sit back, get ready to enjoy this. And if you haven't subscribed already, Please go to iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you download your podcast or however you're consuming this. Rate it. Leave a comment. I would love your feedback. It's got to be five stars only. If there's a problem with me, reach out in DMs. We can figure this out. But with that said, guys, let's dive into part two with Partha and Nick from BW Health. Switch to hip hop. You guys are hip hop heads. Oh, yeah. Can we just can we just talk about the music right now? I mean, who are you guys listening to? Who's your favorite artist? Let's kind of dive into that. You know, Rocky just dropped today. I heard that. I mean, yeah, Pusha T too. Pusha dropped ASAP. Yeah, yeah, he's out there. I was just I was just bumping. I was, I was trying to find a a really good. I mean, I haven't heard much yet, but I only got to like three tracks. It's different. Yeah, it's, it's really way different. different. His last album. We were talking about this in the car. Mm-hmm. His last album, I didn't like for. The you didn't first, like it. I didn't like it at first. Yeah. Then I listened, like, I listened once or twice. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I like this. It's really slow. Then, like, two months later, I just listened to it again. I was like, oh, like, that's what it is. I had it on loop for, like, six months after that. I was pretty much going to say that, you know, it's one of those things where it definitely rides. I didn't get it at first glance either. And then I was like, yeah, it's kind of chill. And maybe, I'm not sure if it was a gloomy day or whatever. But then then I heard it, like, in a barbershop. I'm like, hold up, man. This is different. I mean, I mean. Yeah. And then I start training to it. I start working out to it and everything else. And it's, it's all about context too when you hear a song because mm-hmm. it's like if you can get in the same whether it's headspace or physical space that the artist was in when they were actually like thinking of the song concept idea and energy, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've you've understood what that vibe like came from. I think that gives you a lot more in terms of value for music. And so right before we kind of got started with the whole um, with the whole session. You said that there isn't any bad hip hop out there right now. Is that right? I didn't say there's nothing bad. Okay. I just said everything is dope, but for different reasons. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, even that. there's a lot of music out that I can't really enjoy listening to. Yeah. But anybody I, that you want to just mention real quick? No, I don't want to throw anyone on yeah, the bus. Yeah, of course. I got you. I got but you. But <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of tracks that come out that aren't really the greatest. But I think the beauty is like when there's, especially in trap music, there's so much volume, but the quality can be lower at times. But, There's a lot of volume in trap right now. Oh my gosh! But like, I think that's the beauty of it is it's not about any single piece, mm-hmm. but it's about the hustle, like the whole trap energy. Like, I get that these kids aren't drug dealers. Like, somebody mm-hmm. told me like recently the shift in music it went from the drug dealers to the drug users. Right. And we listen to the users, which yeah. is why things sound how they do. Um, but I love that that grind energy, which trap and hip-hop have always been about work ethic outworking your competition like outperforming them so to see even though like the the technical aspects have changed in terms of how they're executed and it's harder to compare all of these different flows when you can barely understand what people are saying 
it's like the rhythm and the cadence is what's exciting for me to see an artist do that. I get really excited about the stories whenever I start to learn about artists and just kind of hear a little bit of their backstory and just understand what some of those um, true intentions are behind the music. Um, that's what kind of gets me into it, you know, whenever I get to know the artist because I, I like trap music. I, I mean, I like it. I still love like lyrics though. I'm, I'm you know, I'm like an East Coast guy at heart. So I'm, I'm like into what the hell are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I would, I would say even to that, like that, it, I'm also an East Coast guy and yep. I grew up listening to, you know, Bone Thugs and, mm-hmm. and Biggie and uh, Freeway and yeah, all the rappers Philadelphia out of Freeway, Philly. man. Yeah. But that we have a, a J. Cole still out there and the, the quality of music that he's putting out there and then that's available, that scratches that itch for me, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we talk about J. Cole for a second? Yeah. How do we feel about this album, man? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Start to finish? Yeah. You didn't. So I, I did. I did love it. I'm definitely a, a fan. Um, it was slower to me, though. I, I wanted a little bit more energy, you know, because I still miss those lyrics whenever I can still train to them or do things to them. But did you catch, like, the, like, this felt like a, it was a like an art project. Yeah, yeah. It, I didn't think it was, like, an album. I thought it was an art project. I almost took it like it was a message. It yeah. was a message to people that were really messed up on, you know, just kind of caught on lean and a whole bunch of other crazy drugs, right? Well, did you catch how he broke um, the Choose Wisely interludes, break the three personality types and definitions of I KLP? did not. Come on, break this down, man. Help yeah, me out. So yeah, so every time it says the Choose Wisely audio clip, yeah. he is switching between the three definitions of KOD. So every three tracks is a different version. Wow. So, like watch it but the personality and the character he's playing is different in every set that's why the first three tracks sound like trap tracks and beats now yep that's why his he actually responded to a tweet on twitter about this but the reason his uh courses are so repetitive Mm -hmm. in the first few tracks is because he's trying to simulate like yo if you're taking a drug you're just hitting it hitting it hitting it hitting it so like all of those stories like there's a lot going on and like even in the song um motivate he has like the motivate course which is super hype yep and then he brings it down it almost sounds depressed and the voice pitch starts getting lower like too many times right right right, right right and then once it goes down in pitch he starts talking about taking another hit and then it goes up real quick and goes into the next chorus wow and watch it the whole the whole album is repetitive drug use happening over and over again and his final like choose wisely is when he starts waking up to the fact like oh all of this came from everything I grew up with. Like all of this came from like he he talks in the Angie Martinez interview about um, the kill Edward mm-hmm. and Edward being inside of him. Edward's the name of his stepdad, so he doesn't say it like I actually want to kill that guy. He says it like that guy's actions left pieces of him inside of me. Mm. So I want to get those out so I can just be me. So like that's that's what I took as the whole point of the album. But there's there's a lot more going on than than you would think, dude. That was uh that was a crazy breakdown of the album because I did not even catch that at all. I mean, um, I listened to every track. I mean, I've I've, I've just rode the album, of course, right? But um, now I have to go back and, and just dissect it. That right there sounds like yeah. a hard project. Even now. even on his last album, I think he he rapped it simulating his best friend who got yeah. He was someone else's perspective until the last verse of the last song. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing was someone else. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did it as like a promise to the kid, to the guy's son, right? Daughter, yeah. Daughter. That last verse, when he raps, he's rapped straight to his friend's daughter. Wow. And he's just like, listen, like, your dad loved you. 
and that's what makes him amazing. Wow. It was like a metaphorical speech that like every young person who grows up in that situation without without a parent should hear. You know what was crazy is that I mean I could definitely tell from his last album that he was just you know walking down this whole story because he could, I mean I, if I um, recall correctly he he started off with him in school as you know as like a young dude having all these wet dreams right and then it kind of slowly walked in up until he was older um, but I didn't realize that uh, I didn't realize he was talking to one of his good friends that passed away right is that right Yeah um, I think he went to jail then got out okay then was super happy but. In that last song, he talks about it very specifically where he's like, um, and I don't think it's Wet Dreams. I think it's it's the album after that, For Your Eyes Only. Okay. okay. So um, he talks specifically about his friend calling him and saying, hey, man, like, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm going to go soon. And if I go, promise me you'll tell my daughter my story. And that, like, he explicitly raps that part. Wow. And then he says, like, a few weeks later, he was gone. Yeah, that's pretty raw right there. I mean, and that's, that's what... Um that's what's crazy about hip hop to me, because people like I mean I, I didn't realize he was even doing that through the music, but I mean um, where do you guys rank J Cole right now? Uh, he's my best favorite favorite ever for me ever uh, dude like every single album of his like hits it's just been timed so perfectly with my life it's yeah. just like it's just like sage advice right when I need it yeah 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 nah I, hey I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing with you yeah. here yeah no I would I would definitely say he's up there for me as well I'm a big J Cole fan what about you <sighs> he's not top five. He's not, he's not. I mean, that's just for me. I You're mean, a different generation. Ex- exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I mean. So it's not that I'm hating on it because it's one of those things where I think that the music speaks for the people at the time and whatever events that you're going through, right? Um, Who is your top? Five? Well, here's the thing. I didn't even get into hip hop till '08. Okay. So '08, Lil Wayne was what brought me into hip hop. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So if you're talking about top five, yeah, I feel like Lil Wayne. I have to break into two two parts of his career. Like everything pre 2012, it's probably like second to J Cole for me. Kanye pre everything, Yeezus and back, it's an all star level for me. Like probably number three on my list. And then, but Drake's up there too. Drake would be above. I don't know above Wayne. That's so hard. But he would be above uh, Kanye for me. Does the artist's actions impact the ranking to you, or is it purely for the music? Like, so with the whole Kanye thing, right? Are you like, he goes up and down on the list based off what he does off the, you know, outside of music? Not especially, okay. but I also feel like everything he's doing off the court right now is f- like it's for Fordham. promotion. Yeah. 100%. yeah he's, a, he's a marketing genius. 100%. Like, he, he knows what he's And, you know, that whole family, though, to me is like, I mean, there's some gangsters when it comes to marketing. Yeah, they're really good at it. I mean, it, I mean. You don't even know what's happening. Hate them or love them. You know what I mean? Like, there's some gangsters that like getting at like getting some actual traction and eyeballs on them, people oh, talking yeah. and buzz going. So, got to respect everything they're up to. Um, all right. So, you gave me three, though. You said Wayne. Okay. So, here's here's yeah. it. Uh, J. Cole's number one. All right. Then Drake. All of Drake. Everything. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne, pre-2012. Kanye, Yeezus, and before. And then... I mean... You can't leave out the greatest rapper of our generation, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, Kendrick's on. I mean, like, you can't. But you know what? Like, Here's ooh. the thing with me. Like, I respect Kendrick as an artist, but I've never, like, related to the lyrics like that. Yeah. It just never hit me that hard. Although, like, I, I admire the technical ability. I think he's just as deep, if not deeper, than J. Cole, and maybe you're just uh, you're Ken- feeling it. No, Kendrick's insane. Yeah. I have, I have no knocks on his technical ability and ability to make incredible art, but, like, 
like TPAP was one of the greatest things ever to pimp bu- to pimp bu- butterfly. Yep. But yep. I just didn't really get into it. You didn't vibe with it. I just can't listen to it over and over. So that like for me, it's a very emotional decision. Who's my who's your top friend? five? So yeah. number five. I don't even come back to me, man. All right, all right, all right. come on, Nick. Let's go. Top five, man. Uh, Kendrick, J. Cole. Um, I mean, I love Meek Mill. Meek. I okay. Well, him. well, he gets Philly. me. I'm not only am I Philly, from Philly yeah. but like that's my style of music. Like I yeah. love that. Like that 100%. hard, hard rap. Yep. That East I Coast. Just get real hype too. Yep. It's, yep. It's definitely my style. Um, Meek top five. Okay, I like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm still Jay Z is one of my favorites of all time. So I would never, I would never leave him out of that conversation. Got to. And uh, I'm, I'm also a big Kanye fan. I mean, I, I really enjoy. I think from production standpoint and concept wise, I mean, uh, Runaway and, mm-hmm. and the whole Twisted oh, yeah. Dark Fantasy is, is one of the best albums, best rap albums of all time, in my opinion. You know, people hate on Kanye now for um, whatever he's up to, but man, like. When I was coming out of college, right? I mean, or when I was right in the middle of school, and Kanye, he brought a whole new vibe. Like, nobody was rapping like that. Yeah. I mean, like, how could you not respect, at least respect it? Maybe it wasn't your style, maybe it wasn't for you. But, um, I mean, hip hop was just. Dude, for it wasn't a even solid like decade, yeah. everybody did whatever Kanye did, but two years later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Seriously. Pink, yeah. po- pink polos and backpacks. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Wasn't a thing until joggers oh my god yep he started joggers like that's crazy yep leather pants he started that too or brought it back uh i'm not i'm, I'm not throwing on any leathers though <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah you're right for a couple years it, it, i and mean then yeezus dude that's what everything sounds like 2015 post yep yep i mean man there's some real um yeah i mean i i don't know how you don't put kanye in your top five if you but listen to music for the past decade yeah i don't know how you do it how you don't put him in there. Um, you know who one of my favorites, though, was, man, was uh, I was a big Wu-Tang fan. Oh, yeah. Dude, Ghostface Killer? I mean, like... 36 Chambers. Did they, <laughs> man, all that. I mean, I mean that's the... And, you know, there's all types of different type of um, East Coast rap, right? You got the Bone Thugs and Harmony type of flow coming out of, out of Cleveland. You got the guys like Big E, Jay-Z, obviously, uh, having, having that style. But there's something with that raw Meek Mill style of uh, East Coast, you know what I mean? I mean, where where you still have bars, but they're but they're but they're animated, you know what I mean? Um, A little angry like, too. Yeah, the pissed man. Kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though, man. Dude, so I mean, um, I feel like you guys are are transferring that into your company, and 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 that's what uh, that's what I think Atlanta is so special for though. I mean, and don't get me wrong, out here, uh, they have hip-hop, too. I mean, you got Nipsey doing his thing. Nipsey's big out here, man. Um, you oh, got, he's awesome, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. seriously, everything he's, he's up to, right? And his business moves, yeah. That's what makes him dope. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, it goes right back to what you're saying, though. It's not – his music is one thing, but when you get to know him as a person, you're, you're like, oh, shit, he's doing this yeah. and that. He's, he's also investing that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's even stronger. Yeah, 100%. And, that's why I can't wait for you guys to have this whole podcast for yourself, man. This whole <laughs> hip-hop podcast is going to mean something for everybody, man. I just feel like hip-hop, the, the beauty of it is that you're able to put so much emotion into, like just music in general, you're able to put so much emotion into a thing mm-hmm. that people can experience and feel and hear. And I don't know why that has never existed in healthcare, nor in sports medicine, to be honest. Right. In sports products like Nike does a great job. Adidas does a great job with their marketing. Um, I just really am surprised why nobody else has done that. 
Do you feel like they do, that they're doing a great job right now? Who? Adidas? Yeah. Love what they're doing. Really? Yeah. Nike still? Nike has been in harder times this past year, but mm-hmm. I heard um, a lot of their marketing staff have been moving to mm. Adidas. Uh, yeah, I could, I could, yeah, okay. Not sure. That's so unverified. I don't even know Still. why I said it on there. No, nah, it's all good. It's, <laughs> all good. it's, it's interesting. It's unofficial. It's unofficial. Yeah. Yeah. Unofficial yeah. news. Yeah. I just don't know, like, if anybody's even set to dethrone them. Like, they've been titans in this industry for a long time, and, yeah. and I don't even think Under Armour comes close, let alone some of the smaller brands. So it's it, you know, it's it's definitely a tough field to navigate when you have such heavy hitters at the top you know what nike used to do that really like moved the needle for me as a person is they made ads that were motivational videos yep like they didn't sell me a product i would watch it and be like wow okay now i feel like more able to go do what i was yeah, trying to people do people really thought if they put jordans on they could dunk yeah that was a that's, real thing that's a real thing yeah <laughs> like people used to show up with some jays like yeah i can ball now like you're still yeah. garbage yeah, yeah. it's just they're selling <laughs> confidence is what they're doing yeah yeah i mean but but that's kind of what you guys are up to though yeah I well, mean, when's the yeah. last time like you've seen a real brand mm-hmm. do that like people people don't seem to care that much anymore about creating that emotion it's just metrics and data and all of those are important things, but where's the soul? I'm gonna tell you where I think they're vulnerable. Um, I think that they're both dope. I mean, 100. percent They're they've done their things. They're proven. They're, you know, 20 plus billion dollar type of revenue type of type of companies. So there's no hesitation there, right? Um, but where they're vulnerable to me is the fact that I don't know them personally, and the fact that um, everybody coming up these days is 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 is, is bubbling more. But you want to know who's behind the brand. The brand's cool. Having the shield up there is nice. But um, when you know the actual CEO and you can kind of dive into them, I think that's a separator these days, man. And you start to know them 360, not just, you know, what yeah. your what your business policies are, but how do you vote? Like, that, that's going to mean that, that matters right now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, personally, um, Under Armour, I think they were kind of in trouble either way. Like, I, I mean, like, if you look back five years ago, they were onto something. I think there was like a real opportunity for them to say, "Okay, dude, the click clack ad campaign." Come on, was, man. Uh, go. Dude, if you if you were and protect this house, I mean, yeah, yeah. that if was you, a real thing. Yeah, if yeah. you weren't wearing Under Armour in in high school football back dude. when I was there, you you were at a disadvantage. No at least respect. That's what you felt like, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, if you didn't have that tight spandex on under your pads, uh, yeah, catch like, yeah, that guy's slipping. Yeah. <laughs> but that that is that's the same emotional trigger that we're trying to hit, though. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have a pair of lasso on before you take. Mm-hmm. the the practice field or the game field like you're gonna feel like you're at a disadvantage so we want to can we want to create that emotional connection and you know so with that right so you so you got guys that are okay they're able to motivate through the through their shield or through the logo but then when you peel it back people also want to know how you vote these days that i mean little stuff like that not saying that you have to you know put all your stuff on the, on the front but um the brands that do share it and they're able to resonate with the actual people I think are going to get an advantage. Not now, but give them five, ten years out. You know what I mean? Whenever we got so much more transparency, we're only going to share more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, privacy is not going to go back. We're not going to go back in our holes and start hiding. Yeah. I mean, everybody's just going to have more of a light shine on what they're up to. Yeah. And if you can't find you, then we're not really dealing with you. I mean, yeah. That's how I, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so it's, it's, it's cool, man. That um, I, I think that's their vulnerabilities, that they're so big. That um, I'm not sure if they have a leader that's going to step up and say, this is who we are behind the, the logos. We also spend, I mean, a ridiculous amount of time actually at sporting events with mm-hmm. real people like AU tournaments, 5Ks. Like we're out there every weekend, all summer. 
That's dope. Like that, I we've never seen any other company exactly anywhere we go. That's weird though, right? No, they just don't want to put in the work. Nobody yeah. wants to go. Yeah. Nobody wants to get in the car, drive forty minutes outside of the city, and go to an event just to see a bunch of kids play. Nobody wants to do that. Tell me about one of the most ridiculous road trips you guys had so far, because I I could imagine this part this probably gets out of hand at sometimes. Well, I mean, I just did the stupidest road trip i had to go <laughs> up to ohio to speak at a conference yeah yeah i saw that um, yeah on, um so from LinkedIn, ohio yeah. we had an aau tournament out of columbus and, right um so i was in columbus okay then i had to go to memphis for an aau tournament so i go from atlanta to ohio okay the day i'm leaving hours. for memphis it's like i'm on the way and on our uh thing gets canceled because uh the kid we were we were meeting up with ended up signing to a college. Oh so wow! He pulled out of the tournament last minute. I'm like, oh my gosh! Yeah. So I saw my girlfriend in Arkansas, which was great, and then drove back from Arkansas to Atlanta. Went to bed. I don't even know. That was like last week, right? So I got back on Sunday night, and this. Oh my God! Yeah, that was last week. Last week. I slept a total of 10 hours. I worked from 9 to 5 and then 9 to 5 again every single night the whole week until Friday. And then I passed out Friday at like 11 p.m. and slept for like 15 hours. Jeez. This was just like a stack of work that piled up while I was driving around. It tends to happen. Terrible. I mean, but, I mean, but man, you know, if, if, I was, I've read, uh, what was the book? Shoe Dog. And uh, if you listen to, you listen to some of those war stories. I mean, they were getting it in too. I mean, he was at every track meet. I mean, those yeah. were. It wasn't like, and and that's the thing. I think, like, um, having that having that type of backstory, is what's going to help Nike for right now. Yeah. Yeah. But who's going to be that future leader, right? Yeah. To, to kind of to kind of open up their heart and say, I'm on the road. I'm at the track meets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, the tenacity that he showed in that book to like once he found out something was going, you know, something was fishy happening in his uh, his factories in China booked a flight and flew right there to to meet them in person and like partha does that too like he's in china yeah. and like it's it's taking those bits and pieces of a successful story like that and applying it to our situation and realizing like this is how we're going to get this is how we're going to lower our cost of goods like this is how we're going to scale effectively this is how once the big order does come in they'll be able to fulfill it no questions asked you know at the same time too like isn't that your job to just be everywhere like i don't understand what's what's so hard about doing that because it's like what am i going to accomplish sitting in my office emailing people when i could just be out with our users that's real dude i mean you know um a lot of people like to hide behind email email is yeah. easy safe mm-hmm. it's easy to sit in the office yeah yeah it's get comfortable home at five yeah especially inside your office i've been there it's nice man <laughs> nice chairs you know it's super relaxed i mean why not but but you know if that, i think that's that's the separator right so I'm really curious to kind of hear um, maybe what's some of the biggest struggles you guys have kind of worked through and maybe learned so far. I mean, because obviously you guys, I mean, just la- launching any brand is, is a beast. I mean, so especially these days in like sports medicine, I mean, I can only imagine, especially yeah, in fashion I mean, included. I, I would say from my perspective, it's definitely been a test of our patience. Mm. Partha started uh, Better Walk five years ago, uh, starting originally as a, a crutch company that he designed crutches to eliminate uh, stress and, and pain underneath your arms. And you know that, that was the core of the company for years until we went into e-commerce and realized that selling the crutches online was a very tough sell. It's, it's a very short window for when a person needs a crutch and then for them to find it online, get it shipped out, and then enjoy the product. 
So when Partha came up with the idea for the lasso, which was less than a year ago yeah. at this point, um, <laughs> wow. it, it, everything started happening really fast from prototyping to, to, to tweaking it, to contacting, to getting in touch with you know the Chinese factories, to, to putting together a marketing plan. Before you knew it, we had a date of January 29th or something. Yeah. And that was like, he was like, this is our goal. This is this is when we're going to roll August, out. In August, I posted it. Yeah. Nick, being Nick, calls me and he's like, we're, we're not going to meet that date. Yeah, very <laughs> ambitious. No Very way. ambitious. Well, and what happens is, wh- when do we launch? We launch in November. Yeah. Two, months early. two months early. Over two months early. It's dope. Less than six months after the idea was formed. Yeah, so that is us. That is an example of impatience uh, prevailing in a good way. But now it's more of you know it feels like the company's been around for a lot longer than it actually has. It definitely so now does, man. now it's yeah. now it's having the patience to withstand the trials and tribulations that we're currently going through to to make sure that we get out on the other side. Patience is huge, though, man. I mean, I mean, we always talk about trying to rush to you know. I mean, again, we, we were talking about this earlier today. It's like I'm, I'm definitely one of those guys. I'll smash a couple of these energy, you know energy drinks and be hype. But I'm in people's face, like I'm making phone calls. I'm trying to show up somewhere. And uh, that shit can get out of hand. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily good for the business, right? I mean, because at times you got to just let that actually evolve properly. Um, something I had to learn along the way. So Yeah, absolutely. That's dope. Yeah. Organic growth. I mean, that's all it's about. I feel like the coolest thing recently is like, it's, it's what Nick said, is right when we made that switch and launched the product, like, mm-hmm. it's felt slow. It's only been six months since the product's been on the market. Almost to the, to the day, actually. Wow. And it's felt extremely slow. And we look back. We, we've been having advisor meetings all week here. We look back, and it's just like, whoa, we did a lot mm-hmm. in six months. Like, this product's already been used in an NFL game. Mm-hmm. That Not a lot of people can even say that about their products that have been around for years. So people are grinding out here for almost mm-hmm. a decade. Yeah. You know, we've had hundreds of professional athletes, NBA, NFL, you name it, WNBA, uh, MLS, MLB use it in their rehab in their off-season training in games like that's been crazy to see and it's just like in six months the part that's felt the slowest to us was hey we got to figure out our brand messaging we got to figure out what who we really are and like how to express that the right way through our content we got to make better content we got to learn digital marketing we got to learn what an e-commerce store even looks like (laughs) and how to build it we got to learn like how to take photos all of that side we've been just like honestly dude just like falling on ourselves like that's just really? the pr- it's something new yeah. we've yeah. never done it, it. it's <laughs> tough too because when you, you're getting in you're getting access to these types of athletes and and they're getting the product and they're loving the product and then you turn around and you see how are e-commerce sales doing and they're not correlated and mm-hmm. and that's a very tough thing to, to almost comprehend patience, huh? yeah and and it makes you impatient because it's like, well, so-and-so is wearing them yeah. and, and they love them. Well, why aren't we selling more online? Mm-hmm. And it's so it's it's the tweaking and the, and the making sure that the, that the brand message is right, that the campaigns are right, that the audiences are correct. That's the thing is like our network. I mean, we, we've been really fortunate to have some great people involved with the company. So our network lets us from the professional athlete and sports usage side be where a company should be in like five to ten years. But e-commerce wise we are six months old that's, so it's that's so crazy the sales are very much six months old you know it's so funny because most people try to build it the other way around like they're like okay let me blow up the e-commerce game and hopefully i'll eventually yeah, you know, somebody will catch on yeah yeah but hopefully you know we'll what, see. man yeah. the culture mm-hmm. from us as people is so strong 
that's how we get to these athletes it's because we have people that buy into the mission and buy into like who we're do who we are and why we're doing what we're doing so much that they take us into these amazing hard to get into rooms where we get to give the product to amazing people who can perform and tell us how they like it and and have benefit not get hurt by wearing the product and um like that first of all that's crazy just to have those people involved so our our whole challenge is like okay so we have this energy in person why can't we just why can't we just do that in in the site transfer online yeah <laughs> so like yeah. that that's the biggest challenge but that is like six months we've made some ridiculously good steps in terms of like actually being able to transfer that so it's cool to kind of feel that coming together especially because it's a complete 180 on a business model from what we were running before yeah like the whole way we organize our hr structure has changed in terms of how we organize our employees um and the way we do R&D, the pace at which we do it, uh, all of the systems we have in place, we trimmed them up, made everything a lot leaner and faster, and it, it just puts us in a much better situation moving forward. So, like, everything that's been frustrating about building the business is a result of looking at it from the perspective of it's been five years. But everything that's exciting about building the business is like, oh, wait, it's only been six months. Right. So... Dude, um, I mean, it's hands down one of the reasons why. I mean, like, I was think I was talking to uh, Anthony, who's your actual sales manager, right? Yeah. And um, he was like, "So, what do you want?" I'm like, "Nah, dude, I just want to see you guys dominate." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, and 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 so it's really cool to hear other people just kind of want the same thing, man. I mean, they just they just see you guys, they they can feel your heart. And you're just like, yeah, I just want to see you guys win, and you know, well, especially like yeah. we're not we're not in this to make like like the goal isn't money. Money would be nice. The goal is impact. It's to move the needle in healthcare, and it's to change the way that that injuries happen or don't happen. Wow. Like that impact, I think, is so sizable that anybody can look at that and feel like it's worth spending some time on. And it goes back to the culture, right? If 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 we can create a culture in which injury prevention is not only realistic and, and but it's attainable especially from and an affordability cool. standpoint and, and cool yeah and we're creating this right now whole, it, it sounds yeah. crappy every time you hear somebody's on ir you're like oh man that's you know yeah there's, there's nothing swag about that yeah. I, mean, I mean that's just the worst actually. that yeah. white medical tape man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ugly yeah it's horrible dude knee yeah. braces ankle braces they look terrible uh, mm -hmm. and people can't wear them for an extended period of time you can wear the lasso for every single day and studies have shown that it will not have that uh weakening effect that a brace would and man we got guys like we got guys like you joe who put us on on a podcast show love tell people about the product like Dude. that that's i feel like the the more valuable part of what we're building isn't the products but it's the community of people who really want to move the world that's dope man i mean i mean it's one of the reasons why i think i was telling you earlier the reason why i love podcasting because i just so much i learned about you guys that didn't already know so it allows me just to be tighter with you, honestly. I mean, that's kind of what it is for me. And it's uh, you guys are doing good things, man. And so we're almost about to wrap up. But I want to ask this question. I ask a question of everybody. So I have I pretty much live by this model. Uh, it's my triple G model. It's called growth, grit, and give. And I would love to hear how you guys would organize that for yourselves. And it's just three Gs, growth, grit, and give. Um, what do you mean organize it for ourselves? Like, if you had to put those in order, which one are most important to you, I guess? I would definitely say grit would be the most important to me. That That's mm -hmm. almost how I define myself in my career, mm -hmm. is that 
hey, I didn't go to an Ivy League school. You know, that I feeling didn't, you I didn't get I didn't get a master's degree. Like I am gritty and I will work outwork anyone. That's dope. And so that's definitely number one for me. Um, and then growth because you know naturally just an ambitious person, but at the same time it's it's tempering that growth too. I, I've seen a lot of people try to grow way too fast and mm-hmm. fall flat on their face. Um, so it's it's having kind of steady growth is is important. And obviously giving is is very important. You want to give as much as you can to everyone around you. Hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like for me it's um, it's like the grit and the give are together. Mm. I feel like. Um, for me, give is not like, it's not just like writing checks for people or like giving away money, but it's like spending time. Like even I feel our company is, is my like social impact like thing. Right. Cause like, I feel like what we're doing is so much bigger than just, Hey, let's make some money. Like let's hire some people. Let's, let's get investors. Let's make some money. Like that is so far from what we're doing that mm-hmm. it it's just not even funny. So for me give is so tied in with our core mission that maybe i i trick myself into thinking i'm more charitable than i am but <laughs> i i feel that my entire life is about creating this impact and like moving the needle in healthcare and that starting with the crutches it was the same mission statement which is that hey like there's a whole sector of healthcare that nobody cares about nobody is improving it and people have been suffering with the same issues from the same products for too long. So the the initial idea wasn't just to make a better product and to sell it. Like that was the byproduct maybe, but the initial idea was let's change the entire way that that is set up because it's 2018 and we should have better stuff by now. Man, you know, um, and kind of understanding a little bit how you came up and the fact that you kind of view movement as a, Almost like this confidence builder is kind of how I heard it. Dude, you know? also like a human, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're heavy, you're fit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you have your legs or don't have your legs. Like being able to move, whether that's mental movement or physical movement, is mm-hmm. core to being human. 100%, man. Core to being alive. Dude, I mean, and whenever people get injured, you're at your worst. I mean, not saying worst, but you're, Dude, you, and you you're, know the you're mental, pretty low mentally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It yeah. gets you. Most people don't really um, talk about that outside of the actual sports world. Like, if you're in the sports world, that's they're now trying to wrap their arms around trying to how, how to help players overcome some of those mental issues. Uh, but, man, when you're, when you're injured, man, especially if you're just a weekend warrior type of dude who likes to just move around and – do your thing. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're done. I think that was a that was something that was important to us from a marketing standpoint when we first launched the lasso, and that was, hey, when you're wearing a brace, you feel like you're injured. It it looks you look down and and you feel like I'm you know I'm hurt. <laughs> yes. But with our product, you, you're just, just putting a sock on. You know, it it doesn't feel like that. You're hundred percent right. I mean, even with those crutches, man, you got those old school wooden crutches. I mean, you look like somebody who's like, oh yeah. Yeah, that got to Might as well have a peg leg. <laughs> With the pirate. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. You got to tell everybody how to find you. Tell them um, <laughs> major websites to go check out and everything else. Lassogear.com. L-A-S-S-O gear.com. Or at Lassogear on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. And then Nick is at N-C-Q-N-O on Instagram. And I am at Official Partha. Yeah, and we're both pretty active on LinkedIn as well. Yeah? Very active on LinkedIn. What I mean, out of all the platforms, really quick, what, what's your favorite? LinkedIn. I want followers on IG, but LinkedIn's my favorite. 
Yeah, LinkedIn's my favorites <laughs> because I, I feel like I can go on there and I can find uh, a, a, an article or some kind of study that I didn't know exists and it puts me on to something new that increases my awareness or my education on a certain subject. Uh, that being said, visually, you know, Instagram's great. Um, and I find a lot of like really cool small businesses through Instagram, which I really love, small brands, things like that. I get a lot of advertising techniques and yeah, yeah, you know what? I mean, I, th- I think you I think you have to give the crown to Instagram right now. I mean, obviously, but uh dude, I mean, LinkedIn is just it's just underpriced, man. Yeah. I mean, and and there's some good people on LinkedIn, dude. Yeah, and the algorithm's so powerful that mm-hmm. I mean, you, we we joke about it. The the amount of shares and the amount of views that some of our stuff gets and it's, it surprises you. I see them, dude. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell are you guys yeah. doing this, man? No, we don't we don't <laughs> know. <laughs> No, we're, awesome. we're boosting the post. <laughs> <laughs> Low-key boost? <laughs> All right. Well, guys, hey, man, I got to say, Nick, Partha, I really appreciate you guys coming on the pod, man. Thank you for opening up Thanks a lot, Joe. so much. Us, man. I, I mean, um, I'm only looking for great things to happen. You guys need to go check out a pair of Lasso socks. It's not just socks. You need to go feel them for yourself. It's more than what you expect. And so with that said, I'm out. Appreciate everything, guys. All right. Thank you. And like that, it's a wrap. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in back in and hanging in and listen to the full episode please go out if you enjoyed it rate it subscribe it it really helps me out with the podcasting distribution that's the next big hurdle for me to kind of get over i'm trying to get better at the content so that's i'm always hacking at that if you have any input or thoughts or suggestions you can always get me at joe alex lemon on twitter instagram are probably the best ways to get me um and so with that said thank you so much for tuning back in and listening to the real value exchange where we explore turning sales from a mere transaction into empowering moments till next time you guys be great